Yep. Okay, well, we're kind of late. One minute late. So, good morning. Yep, we got Mindy. Hey, oh, there's Colleen. I haven't asked a question yet. What's going on in the world? What's going on in the world? Nothing? Ohio at least got to the bill about um, abortion moving forward, so it has to get in their house. But, so it's, um, when you can hear that heartbeat, the minute you can hear the heartbeat, it's illegal to get an abortion. Mm, nice. At least that, yeah. right they're going to push bypass the governor they can do it now we for those that just arrived uh, there was a fox news article with us um, england is thinking about banning a certain coat that expensive coat yeah go ahead Because they don't want to feel bullied. I mean, seriously, bullying is becoming the excuse to do everything. You can, you can, that's a huge umbrella. You can say anything out of bullying. You know, you can't. Why don't we just reintroduce uniforms? That would be the end of that. Uh, that particular, uh, you know, avenue of bullying, but not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Back into the school district, mm -hmm. and it actually still caused a lot of disruption because yeah. um, they were saying that the uniforms themselves were more expensive mm -hmm. than clothes that they could get. Yeah. Or hand-me-downs. Yeah. Or things that they could get, so then they, they went back out of it mm -hmm. at the high school level. Yeah. Um, the younger kids, yes, but for the older kids. Yeah. And if you ever had kids with uniforms. Yeah, they are expensive. Yeah, they are pricey. So, that actually still wants to be reintroduced about 15 years ago when they took it out for the older kids. But they enforced the dress code, and then they didn't have as much of an issue with dress. Yeah, but I would like to know what the school districts are doing with all this money. They get They get millions. And they, they're not even buying tablets and pencils anymore or any of that stuff. They expect either the teachers or the parents in order to purchase that. I mean, that was provided whenever I was a kid. Yeah. 
I, I don't understand that. They're, yeah, they're doing a lot of other things with this money. It needs to be audited. That's what it needs. Yeah. And it took a Republican to save them. I'm just saying. Jason Oratory to the rescue. And they took out that big loan. They took out that big loan on the last... Uh, uh, what was that for? That was uh, was that the teacher strike? That wasn't a teacher strike. It was something else. They took they took out a huge loan. Burgettstown was just full of idiots. Oh, did I just offend somebody? Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> for anybody else but because he's a comedian yeah yeah She dumped them. Okay. For her. No, they're back together. They're, okay. <laughs> they got, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Okay. They are. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, uh, he actually um, posted on one of those sites, Instagram, Twitter, or something, um, about looters. Um, oh, yeah. Who are back in the Malibu? Yeah. Looters? Yeah. Looters? From the fires in, in California. They yeah. better be ready. Ooh. So now we have a not only rock. I mean, like he's associating her with rock, but he's associated with this whole other genre. Um, yeah. Um, motor rock. So he's really big. He's our record is when he was younger and in his early twenties and thirties. Yeah. Um, so he is very um, broad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's not Correct. That's exactly no, right. Sorry, that's not <sighs> No, that's exactly right. You know, the that, that the left the left is always hypocritical of their standards. They always, always are. Until something happens to them and you know, in California being the worst, I mean they're they're wealthy out there. And it, it's, they don't I love her. I love her. She's pretty. 
All right, um, a court considers, can the government ban Christian schools from playing at state championships? A Christian school, as part of their double A, triple A, I don't know, whatever their conference is, they made it to, a, to the state champions against secular school districts, and now the secular school district is saying, no, they can't pray before their state champ before their games. This is a Christian school, and so now it's going to court to see whether or not a Christian school can say a prayer before the state championships. Separation of church and state. Very hypocritical, isn't it? It only works one way. Uh, this was out of uh, Ohio, I believe this was. Uh, do, 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 do. I think this was Ohio. Um, a suburban man facing a trial over terrorism bomb plot. Oh, in Chicago. Uh, he wants to enter an unusual plea. He wants to plead entrapment. He was going to bomb Chicago. He got caught by the FBI, and he wants to plead entrapment. Tell me, is that in America? Is that in the United States? And this is um, Islam-related. Oh, but, uh, you know, leave it to, to Hollywood to always make the Christian the bad guy in movies. Why follow real life? Let's make Christians the evil people. What, what did they do? What did who do? The Hollywood director. I was, uh, you know, at work, at work we watched movies during our lunch. So we're on blacklist. And, of course, the, the bad guy in it was a former priest. You know, he struggles with sexual temptations, and so he's killing people because of it. Because that's, yeah, that happens all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> now, this was interesting. This is an old article that just came up. This was from the New York Daily News. Uh, spanking kids makes kids perform better in school, according to a study. You did see that? Yep. Study found that young children whose parents spanked them perform better at school later on. Uh, it's winning high marks with child development experts. This was from a 2010 article, though. But it was the first time I came across, uh, came across my, uh, my, my engines here. Uh, Fox News announced support for CNN's suit against Trump, saying... Um, they file court brief, says they'll file court brief backing them, backing CNN, because of Jim Acosta. Yeah. Now, what Jim Acosta did was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It was. It was completely obnoxious, has no place in, in the White House, has no place during a press conference. Absolutely not. That was his press secretary trying to take the microphone, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, and that's her, that's her microphone. She owns that microphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is ridiculous. And, of course, they gave him... Then, then after, it was Trump that was rude. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I watched the video. Trump was not rude at all. He was very graceful. He just paced back and forth, waiting for him to shut up, and then said, you are a very rude man. That's all. That, that's, that was the video. It's... Ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the one that was rude. The rude one, rude. I, I think it crossed my phone 
National Bible Day? Okay. Didn't know that either. All right, I'm going to bring this one up, but the head, here's the headline of this one. Pastor under fire for kicking man dressed like a woman out of the church service. Okay? This is, this guy needs all the support he can get to. Pastor Antonio Rockwamore of Powerhouse International Ministries in Chicago, Illinois, landed in hot water after publicly reprimanding a male church member who attended Sunday night's church service dressed as a woman. A video of Rockamore's public display of disapproval was brought to the attention of many by Christian James Lulier, who claimed that the pastor was wrong in shaming the church member. Now, if you read the whole article, they went to him one-on-one many times about his issue. This kind of brings up, uh, uh, I'm kind of hesitant to go off on this tangent here, but let me ask you this question. Um, If I point out, if I point out that homosexuality is a moral contradiction, like if I was to say something like, what I said on Wednesday night. (laughs) If you're a transsexual and you go to the doctors and say you have abdominal pain, the doctor needs to know what sex you are, right? What real sex you are, not the sex that you identify with, right? Otherwise, and doctors are being forced to do this now, if you say you're a female, but you obviously have the male equipment, he has to give you a pregnancy test. Do you see... The problem with that. Now, if I'm, if if I, if, if me or any minister stands up and says and gives biblical examples of why that's an abomination and why that is wrong, am I just gay bashing? Is that what I'm doing? Okay. So this man, is he just gay bashing? Because the question often comes up: Well, how do we, how do we reach those people? Well, how do you save them without telling them what the sin is? Really? Yeah, I want to reach them. I don't want to lie to them. I don't want to put a a label that says um, peppermint extract on a bottle of strychnine. I don't want to do that. Nor should you do that. But this is the world that we live in today. You're just labeled a hater or a bully whenever you tell people what is to save them from an eternal damnation fire? What a world we live in. All right, that's all I have on that. Let's go to section two. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, bless and sanctify this time of study. Let us read your word because it is the instrument of salvation. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Oops, my phone. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Someone want to read. 
Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has formed within us in him that of the fruit of the Lord according to the flesh and the grace of Christ to sit on his throne. Okay. Does anybody else have something omitted? The whole last part is gone. It has been removed. Yep, it says, the phrase, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ has been completely removed from um, the DR, the revised version, the NIV, the King James, it's in the margin, um, the revised standard version, the Amplified Bible, the New World Translation. All of that has been erased. And all because it doesn't exist in... Do you think it's thousands of manuscripts? Just three. Because it doesn't exist in A, C, and D. Those three manuscripts. So let's just remove it from your Bible completely. You know, Brother Edgar, he's been trying to get us some free New Testaments um, in order to hand out uh, down in his homeless ministry. And they don't do King James anymore. Only NIV. Only NIV. Now, in regards to this, let me read this because you know those those manuscripts A, C, and D those are um, supposedly the oldest and best manuscripts, but we have beat that like a beat that like a dead horse that they are not the best manuscripts and have been multiple multiple errors found them and multiple corrections in the columns. But this particular verse, Acts two thirty, has been alluded to in the early church fathers, such as Irenaeus. Irenaeus. Irenaeus was taught by, um, yeah, Polycarp. Polycarp was taught by John. So, Irenaeus became uh, the bishop of Gaul. Uh, that's around the area of France. And he says this in book three of his uh, Against Heresies. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, not only that, but you have Tertullian in the 4th century. He says, This fruit, therefore, of David's loins, that is to say, of his posterity in the flesh, God swears to him that he will raise up to sit upon his throne. So that's an allusion. That's A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N. An allusion means he's kind of referring back to this Scripture. He's not quoting the Scripture, but he's referring back to it in the way that it's worded. So it seems that this scripture was well known in the 3rd and 4th century, long before these so-called best manuscripts that we have today are dated to. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. Someone read verse 24. That's a little bit different than what Marcy probably read in her King James Version, which reads, um, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God. little tidbit that seems to be quite important to me. Um, 
which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Uh, who's at the door? Yeah, go ahead and open up that door. Uh, I'm not, I, don't, I didn't think it was locked. Just tell him to come on in, set up his stuff. Yeah, bring it on in. Margaret, you're looking for Margaret. Yeah. yeah, come on in. Just bring it in. Don't worry about us. Just go ahead and bring it in. Yeah, that's fine. Are you sticking around? I wish you would. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's good to meet you. So the phrase, thou art God, is omitted. Let's see here. Um, Irenaeus quotes this. He says um, in book three, again, uh, is this the right one? Yeah, 24. Against thy holy son Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Thy holy son Jesus. Now, um, it is, you know, this is a reference to Jesus and his divinity. And in the New Testament, or in the newer versions, you get kind of this, this, this idea that everything's watered down in regards to his divinity. And whenever you go here and you remove the, the phrase, thou art God, which I haven't found any, any manuscript evidence to suggest that it should be removed at all, what, what do you think newer trans, these newer interpreters, these newer translators are doing? Yeah, just changing the meaning. Do you think if you changed enough meaning, you can get a completely new doctrine out of it? Yeah, yeah absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. All right, Genesis chapter 49, verse 28. I think we're going to finish Genesis 49 today. <laughs> I think we're going to finish Genesis 49. Which means next Sunday, next Sunday, wait a minute, next Sunday, yeah, next Sunday we start 50. The last chapter. How many years will we on it now? Six years, yeah. What should, I, what should we study? What should we study next? I haven't even been preparing. I've got to start prepping something. Exodus? I would prefer Leviticus myself. Oh, it doesn't matter to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would. I've always wanted to do a hardcore study of Ecclesiastes or Leviticus. I don't know. Candace, what do you think? I think. Yes, you have. You went through the first part twice. Yep, you don't ever read it. Oh, yeah. 
Love Ecclesiastes. Alright. I'll have to think about it. Because there are some hard things in, in Leviticus. See if you can take it. There's some really hard things. There's some life-changing stuff in Leviticus. Bring it on. I love it. <laughs> Alright. Verse 28. Now last week we talked about Benjamin. We talked about the fulfillment of Benjamin. And guess what? That's the 12 tribes of Israel. Benjamin is the U.S. Navy SEALs of the ancient Israel Empire. And that's exactly what we looked. We looked in Judges. We looked in uh, Isaiah. And we saw those, uh, those pieces of Scripture that talk about how important that Benjamin was. Now, these are the 12 tribes of, An- uh, of uh, Israel. These, and the prophetic words have come to an end. Uh, and they refer to uh, not only the people, but also Israel as a whole. So here we are in 28. These are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this, it is this... Ah, is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them, every one according to his blessing, he blessed them. So he was given that word. He is giving out not only prophecy, but also personal blessings from himself. And he's kind of going to explain that here in just a second. So verse 29, he charged them. He charged them. Now, you know, getting back on that thing of, of being offensive, look, He's holding them accountable. He's saying, look, God has given you this great promise. God has done these things. Uh, God, God is blessing you beyond all measure. And he even said, like he said back in uh, verse 26, he says, God has, has blessed you beyond what he blessed Abraham beyond what he blessed Isaac, beyond even what he blessed me with, he's going to bless you people with. He did all of these things. And now here in verse 29, he's charging him. I charge you. He says, you're going to be held accountable. This is it. The weight is on your shoulders now. You need to bear the burden. It is up to you in order to receive this blessing and run with it. How many of us in our lives waste the blessings that we are given? We waste them. Oftentimes, every day of our lives, things, blessings just keep coming right in our door and we ignore them. Or we're too lazy to do something with them. But these are the blessings that God is giving unto us and He is now charging them and He's holding them accountable. And each one in this room needs to recognize and understand that as well. He charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered unto My people, burying Me with My fathers in the cave, that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. Ephron the Hittite. Now, there's a couple things that are going on here. First, he says, I'm going to be gathered unto my people. Uh, that is a, um, an idiom, a phrase, and saying, look, I'm going to meet them in the afterlife. You have to know and understand I'm going to be gathered unto my people. He's not saying I'm going to be dead and just turn into dust and nothing more. He's saying I'm going to be I'm gathered unto my people. And, and this then, uh, as... The language evolved up to the time of the New Testament because in the Old Testament you'll see this a lot. I'm gathered, he was gathered unto his people, he was gathered unto his fathers, or something like that. And you get up to the time of the New Testament, the phrase changed to be known as the bosom of Abraham. That's what it was called. And Christ actually references that. And it has to do when you die, where you go. And this is what Jacob is actually referring to. Look, I'm going to die. That doesn't mean my existence ceases. I'm going to be gathered unto my people. Now, there is the, the other thing. Whenever someone is cast 
out from their people or cast away from their fathers. And you'll see that um, in other Old Testament texts. When they're cast out, well, they don't get to go to Abraham's bosom. No, they go to the other place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there, there is some phrases that you have to be able to pick up on. And being gathered to their people means, hey, I'm going to paradise. That's where he's going. Yeah. Mm. And he died. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. That that's possible. Um, now here in verse thirty, Moses, <clears throat> Moses is being very specific. Don't you love it when Moses gives specifics here? Because He's saying, look, he kind of has to describe this entire thing so people know exactly what he's talking about. And he gives a real-time um, reference point for the people of his modern era, his time frame. So they say, oh, I know exactly where that's at. That way we can say, here's the evidence that what Moses is writing is actually accurate and true. When it's accurate, it can also be historically accurate. And so here in verse 30, he says, in the cave that is in the field of Mechpelah. So he doesn't just stop there in, you know, in the field of Mechpelah. Oh, maybe that's a huge field. Where exactly in that field? Which is before Mamre. Oh, a little bit more specifics. In the land of Canaan, a little bit more specifics, which Abraham bought, from the field, bought with the field of Ephraim, the Hittite, for a possession of a bearing. So when they get there, they can ask around, hey, where's this field that used to belong to Ephron the Hittite? They know, it's, oh yeah, that's it right there. Oh yeah, there, there's, there's a cemetery there as well. That's where you bury them. So he's giving specific information in order for you to know the accuracy, number one, and also uh, that you can use that as evidence later on. Verse 31, and they buried Abraham. Uh, there they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. Now, it's uh, Jacob's wife. Um, 32, the purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. One nice little bit more bit of information just to narrow down their search parameters. But this, again, is evidence that Moses knows exactly what he is talking about. He's probably been to that location. Uh, he has, uh, he's very well familiar with it, and he is writing down these details for the accuracy of the historical narrative. Um, I was going to say one more thing on this. Uh, do, 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 do. Everyone that is buried there, Hittites, uh, oh, oh, it's gone now. I'm having a senior moment. Did you ever have one of those? Okay, verse 33, the last verse the last verse, and when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. This is how you know how that idiom, that phrase goes. When you die, you give up the ghost. He's gathered unto his people. He went into that promised land in the sky with the Lord 
so to speak. He went to paradise, and he is there in the bosom of Abraham. So all throughout the Old Testament, you have to know and understand uh, those phrases and how they work. Whenever you see, hey, I'm gathered up into my people, that just means that he is buried with his ancestors. Well, 33 kind of blows that idea out. Because he died in Egypt, and there it said he was gathered unto his people. And you also have many other references in the Old Testament of someone giving up their ghost as well. So it is at that point that we know and understand that when a person dies, they give up the ghost, and the Spirit returns to God who had given it. And that is found in the Old Testament. It's not just a New Testament philosophy, a New Testament doctrine. Um, he is the, uh, the final great patriarch. The rest are now really, um, as, as he said, he has charged them to take the burden off of him and to lead their tribes into the future. He has given up the ghost. Jacob is no more. The blessings have been given. And now it's up to them. Just like it's up to us. When the blessing is given, what do you do with it? Any questions? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Which was passed down to Joseph as well. Yep. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, dismiss us from this time of study. Let's go into our hour of worship. Praise be to you for the reading of your word. And we got one more chapter to go, Lord. One more chapter to go. Thank you, O Father. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.